0: Doctor John,
1: H.R.M. This is Mary Lee of Solana.
0: Yes, it
1: is. <laughs> Good afternoon. How are How you? How are you? I'm all right. Busy. Okay. Hmm. And um, you know, days. Each day is different. Some days are faster than others. Some days are at hyperspeed. Some days, water make your eyes water. This is one of those days where it's hyperspeed, eyes watering, and catastrophe all rolled up into one.
0: Oh no! <laughs> oh no! That's not good.
1: So, all Water, part of growing up in the West, I guess.
0: Yeah. So, are you okay? What I'm fine. You oh yeah,
1: nothing. Uh, nothing that uh, you know that can't be solved in a in a business environment. Oh, but okay. um, but it's you know it's
0: that kind.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> kind the kind we're trying to avoid at all costs <laughs> no. yeah Mm-mm. yeah it's 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 run by people who believe in scientific materialism where uh and it doesn't relate to us one way or the other but um but um i think one of the things that you and i really talk about and believe in is the is the is the other side of scientific materialism? Now that I brought it up, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's 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 not all about stuff. Even though, which is interesting, is that science keeps bringing the unseen into the scene by calling it a force field or something. They yeah. keep putting names on what we've known all along, mm. but they have to somehow get it a name. You know, make it make it fit in the rubric.
0: That's Funny. what they do. It's it's their hat.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's their hat. What does it look like? Their hat, anyway. I mean, is it is, is it a tin helmet? Is something the donkey? He would wear backwards on his donkey, right? <laughs> Swinging his wooden sword. <laughs>
0: oh, did you read that book? Yeah. How old is
1: it? <laughs> oh God, I, I've I've well, I just I the reason it's fresh on my mind is because I've just in, I've been meetings all morning with him and his contemporaries, you know. Uh, uh everybody's on the back of a donkey riding backwards. Okay. You know. But um Listen. I it's it's um I'm getting to be too old a to dog for this stuff, I think. It's not it's not you know, what you and I are doing is way more interesting now than what that other stuff mm-hmm. is. I mean, when you and I first met I was I was in that tranche, you know. Mm-hmm. And um I'm working my way out of it. Thank thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs>
0: Cut it off. Cut it off. Let it go.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. You really have. And that's very funny, but I love it. I love it. It's like Jeez. you're buying it.
1: Yeah. Well, it just makes sense, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Because it's I fun. mean <laughs>
1: I mean, you are, it's it's interesting, I want to say interesting all the time, but you are the definition of Occam's razor when it comes to thought. I mean, mean, it's like, it's, um, um, oh, Sherlock Holmes used to say that when you exclude the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. Mm. When you exclude the impossible... And that's essentially the definition of Occam's Razor. Whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. That's how you get to it. And, and that's how, you know, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle got to it. And that's how you get to it. And the thing is, I think, is that you get to it and you don't even know you're getting to it. You just do. It's intuitive with you. It um, hmm. just happens. What is it? It is the occam's razor part of getting from one point to the next without being cluttered without the clutter of stuff you know you're not cluttered by stuff no. you're 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 like a light beam writer
0: well, what would constitute clutter
1: uh, i would i think well from my sense it it'd be materialist science only matter counts mm. you know I mean it's the kind of stuff that
0: Put it in layman's terms. Well, academic.
1: How about academic skepticism?
0: Oh yeah, Um, that doesn't bother me at all. No. No. And you're
1: not bothered by any of that stuff. Uh -uh. I mean, I don't care how many. You can be in a room. I don't care how many robes and gold cords walk in. You don't give a shit. I know. know
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, let's not be disrespectful. I. It's not (laughs) that.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm just not intimidated. <laughs> okay.
1: All right. I'll I'll rephrase that. You're not yeah. intimidated. Yeah. yeah.
0: You know. I, I it's not that I don't respect people for who they are and that what they've done. It's just I understand that love is always the answer and I have found that most people don't. Which gives me an edge.
1: That's so <laughs> simple. That's such a simple answer. Mm-hmm. I mean That's why it's probably so good and so effective. Right. I guess. Well,
0: because it needs to be defined. You know, when when I keep repeating that love is the answer, you know, you've got a whole population of people who have their own understanding of what love is. And they're like, that's crap. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. It's not working for me. You know, I've tried that. And, you know, let's consider the possibility that, you know, you didn't have the combination right.
1: Well, hmm. yeah, no, you're right. But how do you make sense of it all when you when you well, don't have scientific stuff to go on? How do you make sense of it, or do you have to?
0: Well, you remember when I did the um, the short little webinar, the you know the table? It's like things the four legs that you need prior to the game. And okay. one of them, all right, one of them was critical thinking. And you've got to have critical thinking. Well, a lot of people believe they do have critical thinking. But if you don't understand what the variables are, it's hard to divide and conquer. It's hard to sort the beans. You don't know what you're dealing with. So I'm, I'm telling you, like, I'm giving you the beans and showing you, You know, what is a pinto bean? What is a black bean? What is a navy bean? Whatever. So that you can understand, oh, now I see. Where before they all looked the same and you just kept, you know, mixing it all up and your efforts were futile.
1: (laughs) What? (laughs) So I just got a new name, I guess, for my five bean salad or something.
0: (laughs) 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 <laughs> but it, it, it's true though you know, it, it's like well I meant to well I didn't intend to do that well I had a good heart it's like I understand it's the execution that is failing which is proof positive you don't know what you're doing yeah right what? if I make a cake and the cake falls every time and it's like lead and it's disgusting clearly I don't know the recipe but people are going to say, I don't like chocolate cake. It doesn't come out good. I just don't like it. What are you talking about? You don't have the recipe. You
1: know, I, I, I was just thinking it, when you said that, it brought up something. Most people don't know how to use a knife. When I see people using a knife, like on yeah. television or something, you know, yeah, they they grab the handle. Yeah. And if you just use the handle of a knife, it'll roll. When you're, doing, when you're chopping uh, vegetables or dicing or whatever you're doing, if you just got your hand in a roll, you take your thumb and forefinger and you put them around the butt of the blade and you rest your palm on the handle. Then you've got control of the knife.
0: How do we do it?
1: Well, I mean, that's, that's what I do. I don't know how you do it, but I mean, that's how, that's how you do it correctly is you put your you, – you grab the the thick part, the back, right up against the handle yeah. with your thumb and forefinger, and you rest your hand and your three fingers around the handle. So you've got the blade and the handle at the same time. And your thumb and forefinger are controlling the angle of the blade so it doesn't roll. Because if you're doing a lot of chopping and you're just holding on to the round handle, it'll roll. It'll roll on you. You can cut yourself, chop the end of your finger off, do all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff along. So watch, you're saying that
0: um, those of us who don't know, we're just holding the handle,
1: right? And you're, and it's, and, and just like if you don't, you know, if you haven't read the book, all you've got is the handle. If you haven't read the game, all you've got is the handle. You know, yeah. And your yeah. life is rolling. Every time you make a pass, you roll. Right. You that cannot chop dull. the onions. Do not <laughs> try and chop the onions that way. Cause it's not going to work. All you're right. going to do is cry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and all your efforts are gonna be dull dull
1: <laughs> yeah right oh yeah good we can take this whole thing to the kitchen can't we that's right
0: <laughs> i did a whole show on that called love in the kitchen i really I did. did i, I, you I did. i had three parts yeah mm-hmm. two
1: or three was it good it must have been good nah <laughs> no oh, it I wasn't good huh? <laughs> <laughs> like a bad recipe.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, I just made the analogy about, you know, how we are in the kitchen and the things that we'll tolerate and the things that we won't tolerate and stuff. But in life, it's not the same. You tolerate a lot of things. You make allowances for a lot of things. And it's like, why? You have to see what you're doing. You know, question yourself. Why are you allowing this to happen? Yeah. And- Most of the time, funny, we feel that we're out of control because we can't control others. So our life becomes out of control. In reality, if I control myself, I control the room.
1: Wow. Say that again. That's pretty good. If you control yourself, you control the room. Say that again. Say it again.
0: If I can control myself, I can control the room.
1: So is there an example of that? I sure. mean Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. It's it's all in the response. You have to understand when people are talking, they're not typically communicating. This happens between between us quite often. <laughs> <laughs> know we got to bring it back but if if i'm the spectator and i'm listening to people talking to each other you know they might be talking about let's say an, an apple pie and somebody's talking about where the macintosh where the green apples came from and somebody else is talking about the quality of the flour in the you know in the pie and they think that they're communicating but they're not they're just talking i see they don't get it yeah so i'm listening I'm I can decipher what people are throwing down, you know, what they're talking about, and then bridge the gap. Huh. Yeah. And then when they're talking to me, it's in my response. See, they never know what's gonna come out of my mouth. Never. You know why? Mm. Because when people talk, they, they have an expectation.
1: Well, sometimes when people talk, they're they're uh, forming their thoughts forward, and maybe maybe they're not even listening because they're maybe because they're could, they're forming up how they think they should be. Mm-hmm. Um, but the
0: <laughs> style and grace communication is such a beautiful, powerful thing, and if you can learn how to communicate properly. Um, that's when you unlock the heart, you know, it's, it's just, people just don't get how you're doing that. It's like, how are you doing that? And it's like because I hear what you're saying. I'm picking up what you're throwing down and, you know, I don't have to acknowledge everything that you're saying verbally, but, um, you know, my, my response to you may not be what you wanted, but it still answered the call. It was what I wanted. I'm in control. Hmm. Yeah. Mm.
1: <clears throat> mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, so, but it's so much fun to provoke controversy. I mean, it's that life is like just like sticking, you know, like putting wind in a fire or something.
0: Oh, gosh. Is it, though? You know how much you give up when you do that? I mean, when you do that and you create chaos, it backfires because everything's a mirror. You know, and and you might be thinking, oh, I'm just going to, you know, throw a little flame over there. doesn't really have to do with me, but whatever. Well, that flame will come around and hit you in the backside somewhere else. Every intention needs to be pure of heart.
1: So if there's, so if angels are photons, if Aquinas was right... And angels are photons. That means I'm surrounded by angels when I throw fire. So what are the angels doing then at that point? Are they having a meeting about what I'm doing wrong? What are they doing?
0: No, I, I believe that they're just there to guide. And if you're not knocking on the door, you're not asking, not acknowledging the signs and all that, you don't have a communication or a relationship with them. But they're there, they're waiting, not interfering. Do they
1: have an obligation to save me then?
0: Well, that's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really good question. Okay. Yes and no. They have an obligation to God. They don't have an obligation to you. God said, when you make the most high your dwelling, I will command my angels where you are concerned. So they have an obligation to God. When God commands his angels, yes, you, you are protected. But here's the thing. There's a catch. You have to make the most high your dwelling. And it's been my experience with the people that I've seen in my realm that there's no accountability there, there's no, I have to do what, you know, like to a parent, you want me to do what? No, I have free will. I can do whatever I want to do. So like, a, you know, just a wild child, you're going to go out there and do whatever you want to do. Well, you're my child. I love you. I'm going to protect you and, and look after you and whatever, you know, I'm going to give you a chance, a chance, chance because of that. But imagine if you do what I wanted you to do, The kingdom is yours. I'm going to give you everything. Okay. <laughs> okay.
1: What do you mean? Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to think of an answer. I'm trying to think of another question. Okay. Um, trying to come up with some direct insights into you know your impossible hypothesis. Um, impossible. Well, I mean it's it's hard to hard to. Uh, to get around, it's hard to get in. It's hard to kind of get through into you, from a materialistic standpoint. I mean, if I'm if I'm thinking scientific materialism and you're in woo, uh, let's. <laughs> I'm in woo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, in meta, in metaphysics. Okay. Um, um, you know, I mean, uh, you can, you can just about pull up any metaphor you want and call it God and get away with it. Because God is love, I'm love, your love, God is love, uh baba. It's all there. And and so uh, and so all direct insights into matter don't count. So um, if the angels have an obligation to God and God is the shot caller, it sounds like we're in prison. I mean, no,
0: because you know, we can't lose sight of what God is. God is love. Love is energy. Energy is a vibration. So we have to elevate our vibration to the most high. And that's love.
1: Yeah, but the most high becomes part of the nature of understanding. What is the most high? You know, obviously you're picking it to God. You're, you know, you're pitting it to God. But, but you know, I, uh, some materialist guy would you know might pin it to gold
0: no because gold doesn't do anything for you gold doesn't bring you magic
1: mm. no
0: no no it might
1: make your life magic if you have enough of it
0: no that's that's the same as saying if i had enough money i'd be fine i don't need god that's literally how this world works if you have enough money to enjoy everything that you want Where's God in all that? Most of the time, nowhere around. Don't need it. I got it going on. And the arrogance and the ego kicks in.
1: It's funny how those people change when they're about to die. Yeah. So, you yes. Know, all of a sudden, the money doesn't seem to get them anywhere. Right. I thought Christopher Hitchens was uh, at least candid because he was a very high-profile atheist. And he, but he had a friend who was a rabbi, a Jewish rabbi. And um he asked he asked Hitchens when Hitchens was dying, and Hitchens kept talking till the end, um making personal appearances and so on, but he asked Hitchens if he was going to recognize God at this point in his life when he's dying. And Hitchens had a really interesting uh materialist answer. He said, Well, he said, This is no time to piss anybody off. <laughs> so he was going to believe in God at one point or another. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and, I, and I At least I appreciate his candor. Right. Uh, and I'm sure that in his private moments, he probably was talking to somebody. I mean, I've been in those private moments myself, and I know that you talk to a deity, whether you want to or not. If you're desperate, you talk to anybody. Yeah. Uh, and typically what happens is nothing. Um, you know, other than you feel, I don't know,
0: what a
1: wasted life that is. Ugh. Yeah, well, maybe it is, but, but you know, there's a lot of people that feel that way. I mean, I've gone through a lot of my life. Even though I am one of the most educated, religiously educated people mm-hmm. in my in my frame, mm-hmm. I mean, I know all about religion, generally. Right. I know about, you know, that, but I don't have the grasp of spiritualism. Mm. Uh Spiritualism to me never it never quite got there, you know, until I met you. Uh hmm. and and then uh I mean Neil deGrasse Tyson isn't a good example. I mean, you know, who am I gonna follow? You or Tyson? do well, I'm gonna follow you. Why? You know? Because you're more comfortable by far. Hmm. You make me feel good. He just makes me feel stupid. Um
0: yeah, but the other day, we were talking about that, you know, about feeling stupid around me. <laughs> I mean, is anybody ever right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you I mean, you know, you're a victim of your own intelligence, maybe. But, but um, I, I think, I, I don't know. I just, I love to talk to you and, ter- and bring you back to philosophy, bring you back, you know, put you through a regression of um of time and you know people like your quiet
0: acquaint- Uh I think John's giving me a call. John I can't hear you. If you can hear me I can't hear you. I think somebody had called in my line and it cut out and I don't like when it does that.
1: Uh, there you are. Yeah my I just yeah you know, I had a I got cut out I guess calls incoming calls that's right it'd be nice if they could get rid of that somehow but i don't know how that works right these guys anyway where were we i always forgot where were we my brain is bad here
0: (laughs) (sighs) we were were talking about um the feel-good part of it i was making the point you were making a point but i was making the point of you know does anybody ever feel good around you you know is anybody else ever right and it really has nothing to do with me, and it has everything to do with love is always the answer. So, if I understand what love is, and love is always the answer, everyone else who doesn't understand how love is the answer would probably be
1: wrong. Well, but it's a choice.
0: What? Um...
1: Well, I mean, it's binary. I mean it's it's always love and evil, good and evil is always a binary choice, and people are making them all the time, maybe back and forth even. Right,
0: exactly, back and forth. And they don't realize it because the intention is good, so that's one way, that's to the right, and the execution is has failed, and that's the ego. The ego does not know how to execute love properly. And by, you know, vacillating back and forth and back and forth, you're not making any headway. There's no progress. And because of that, because the intention is good and we feel that we are good, then we also believe that love is not the answer because it's been attempted and failed over and over again.
1: You know, in, in philosophy, there's a term called avarism. Uh, Which is for people like me that walk both sides um, of uh, you know you might be like I could be considered a a Christian uh, but I'm also interested in how an atheist thinks Uh, I may be interested in hate but I enjoy love whatever you know Um, you're avarice you work both ways people that are avarice are 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 essentially living two truths if you think a person's avarice they're telling you that they love you when they don't um
0: well and and
1: yet they they, they may not know
0: how's that two how's that two truths that's only one
1: well there's only one truth from your perspective but people who are avarice believe there's two truths and they're 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 in whatever truth they're in their own that's yeah they're in their own truth and that's where their own truth thing came into play that's
0: the ego that's completely the ego talking.
1: What does make mean difference? I mean, you can't, you can't throw out the ego. It exists. Well, right? it
0: it does exist, but we have to understand, going back to, before you got cut out, spirituality and understanding who we really are. So when you're saying, you know, you're so knowledgeable in religion and on that aspect, but it's the spirituality where it came to a halt.
1: Well, I it didn't come to a, well, it did. I mean, it's, I, I thought that I, I, at that point I got wrapped up in scientific materialism. I did. Mm -hmm. Because I was doing research and I changed my research to phenomenology and uh, transcendentalism because I thought that's where religion, I mean, I thought that's where education was failing. And I did a dissertation, wrote a book Mm. about, about the failure of education in, uh, in in the uh, because education, I think, is too transactional. You know, education in America right now is about getting the right answer. It's right. not about considering the answer. It's about getting the right answer. That's right. Well, I don't. I just don't agree with that. And I think that's why homeschooling is becoming so popular. I think yeah. that the NEA is wrong. Well, yeah.
0: There, well, there clearly there's an agenda there. Clearly, you know. But um, yeah, that's the scary go.
1: part. That agenda is bleeding off into everywhere. I mean, there's but agendas down everywhere. Mm-hmm. I used to think, I used to be happy about, about, I used to believe, at least I want to believe that I was in the cradle of democracy, that, I, that everything was wonderful, that, that the great republic was wonderful. And it's just crooked as the dog's hind leg. <laughs> <I> oh, <know. laughs> my <laughs> <You
0: know? laughs> so true <laughs> and we're all finding that out now but it's but you know what it it's good because it's all cracking and, and the truth will be revealed and we're all you know looking for ourselves and we realize that can't trust anybody and you can't trust anybody you got to put all your faith and trust in God and who's that me
1: well that's an interesting perspective because I mean that's really a stretch for some people you know, well,
0: let's talk about it
1: to take the to 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 understand that 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 essentially the universe is embodied in you that God yeah. is you yeah. that that love is God that God is you that you are love the universe is you you know because people will start to go suns and moons and galaxies in there I mean they they, they can't make the distinction but i I understand that's the case um, people want People we've grown up under Hobbes Leviathan, where there's a there is an apex of power someplace. Apex of power. That's you now that's the that's the social contract. That's God, that's something. It's not God ever. In your context, it's never God, because God is everywhere. But most people believe in a Leviathan social contract that there is a leader and he is in charge of the structure. Of society, or she, mm-hmm. but you're it's easier to do that. But you're circumventing <laughs> that, aren't you? Well, aren't you?
0: Yeah, because it's easier to believe that because we're not accountable. It's it's just like you know our parents. You're a kid, and you look to your parents to fix things and to protect us and to provide. And you know, my parent is not me, but I'm comfortable with that. And when you Grow into being an adult. Well, you know what? It's easier to say, God is looking after me. God is good. God will provide for me. God will do all. It's the same parent. You know, my father will do this. But God has given us everything we need to be, do, and have to our heart's desire. We have what we need inside of us. It's called free will. (laughs) And so we don't believe in ourselves because of what the world does to us. It destroys our worth. You know, the image of ourself. We're never good enough. We never measure
1: up. Well, (laughs) you're you're walking the line between Pascal and Spinoza. You know, it's like, (laughs) do the right thing. (laughs) I mean Obviously, if you had to bet on God, whether God exists—if you—if you have to bet on whether or not God exists, you're going to bet that He exists. Okay, Mm -hmm. that's Pascal's wager. That that all the wagers would always be one side. Spinoza comes along and says that there's no such thing as do the right thing. God is in charge of everything. God is the—he's the shot caller. She, he, God is the shot caller. You don't have any obligation to do anything because it's going to happen anyway. You are predisposed to be who you are.
0: Okay. And I believe that. And I, that's why I'm walking the line because that needs clarity. It's true, but not to our resolve. We don't just throw our hands up in the air and just say, okay, you know, take the wheel God, take the wheel. No, that's not it. There is a, I believe, I believe in each one of us, there is a purpose for us as if we were a color. If I were the color pink, then God would use pink for his landscape. If I would just let go and stop trying to control everything, then I would be pink and I would end up on the canvas the way it's supposed to be. But my ego says, I don't want, I'm not pink. I don't see pink. I don't, I don't identify with pink. And so I try to make myself different. I change my hair and everything. I don't let go. So there is that seed of intent and there is a plan for me. Definitely. And the way to let go, the way to be pink is to just, um, understand that I don't have to fight anything anymore. I don't have, defend myself. I don't have to compete. I don't have to challenge. I don't have to play devil's advocate. I don't have to make assumptions. I don't have to protect myself. I don't have to build walls. I don't do any of that stuff. I got to let go and let God. So when I do that, my life becomes beautiful. That is the intention. So to, you know, to his point that we don't have a say and, you know, it's all predestined. How many people end up in the grave that never did what they wanted to do?
1: Well, there's a lot of claims that that's, of course, the case, had I only known. Right. Uh, and I think that I'll be suffering from that, too. I mean, everybody does it to some degree, but I think also it gets back to maybe, uh uh, there's a big school named after George Berkeley, I think, uh, who who talked about. He was he was along with the Frenchman Ponte about perception. You know, your perception of your life has an awful lot to do with how you see your life and how you perceive what you're talking about. Here is your perception, your perception of God, your perception of things. What the but people's perception is is a big variable.
0: Exactly. Uh, their perception exactly. is a very
1: wait, 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 Put one up for John. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, you know, the idea is to bring everyone into clarity about the perception. If we can be in agreement to what we see, then we have a map.
1: But the perception is, you know, it, what you is what you perceive. I mean, you could be that could be as different as color uh, and language and all kinds of things. Instinct, um, you know, a cat perceives differently than a mouse, than a dog, than you and me. So, we are we the only ones who fit in this God thing? No, and have good perception.
0: Per- let's just remember that perception is related to our elevation.
1: I'm taking my cat up with me, that's for
0: sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. We, you know, it, it depends on how high up we go and how far we can see that we can understand a bigger picture, you know, the the ant runs into a tree and, you know, thinks it's a mountain and we see differently, you know, we run into a mountain and we don't understand that it was a tree a long time ago and it was cut down.
1: Well, but that's, yeah, but that's perception. I mean, perception, perception really is what makes us different. But Um, if we
0: went higher, we would be able to see the picture.
1: Okay. But some of that is contingent upon, so perception then, what you're saying is is contingent upon your elevation.
0: Well, you can see more. You can understand more.
1: (laughs) always have a way of making things understandable um yeah right yeah yeah but but let's 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 make a let's make a statement of contingent truths i have a bag of contingencies some are true some are false how do you get me through that i don't know just a bag of contingencies about life and some are some are put in by the devil, some are put in by God. Let's, okay. let's really bring it to the highest order. I have a okay. bag of contingent truths.
0: Okay, so contingency. Now this is where we come into. Sorry, I got a call coming. Um, contingency. Uh, hold on a second, just one second. Okay, you're using the word contingency. And other people might think of limiting beliefs. And other people might think of armor. It's the words that we choose that that stops us from understanding one another. So to you, the language is elevated. So when you speak, you speak intelligently. But someone else who doesn't understand these words will not be able to connect what we're saying Or what the message that you're trying to get across. So that's why I say, well, what contingencies? Like, what does that
1: mean? Well, let's change it then. That some contingent truths can be true and untrue based on circumstance, where some truths are constant and never change. Um, So, (laughs) I'm trying
0: to find an example. I can't think of (laughs) one. (laughs) <laughs> this is when you get caught up in theory and then you can't simplify it and we should be able to simplify it so that everybody understands
1: well that's your test
0: oh my test
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm well, the antichrist I'm the antichrist in this team you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> well okay the contingencies are are quite literally barriers in our thing they're limited Believes based on what we think we experienced so that that barrier right there is the contingency i can't get past it because this is my experience this is my truth and this is what i think i know
1: okay how about let's make this let's have our contingencies are either the goodness of god or the freedom of man we have two contingencies we have the goodness of God. We have the freedom of man in our bag. Okay. Mm-hmm. I am a man with a bag of either God or free will. And I am about to do something that's bad, but will enhance my life now. Mm-hmm. Now some say selling your soul to the devil, whatever it is, but I have. So those those are contingencies that vary. Those are variable contingencies based on how I use them. Because I have free will, which is contingent upon how I operate or vice versa. And I have God's good graces.
0: Uh, Okay. Contingent upon how you operate. And how you operate is either in ignorance or intelligence.
1: You're not talking about that in an academic sense. You're talking about how you relate to God.
0: How you relate to people. That is God. People.
1: Yeah, God. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. We can, we can. So in, in this case, if we say person, we're also making that person the embodiment of all that's good at the highest level, which is God. Mm-hmm. They're a person, even though they're flawed. They're still God-like. They're in the image and likeness of God. Yeah. Okay. Isn't that a biblical term? Image and likeness of God.
0: Yeah.
1: And the church has been throwing that around for centuries. All right.
0: Well. We, okay. But we just have to look at, I mean, without get, getting sidetracked, I mean, Jesus. We see him as a man walking the earth, yeah? And he was in the likeness of God. And we well, look like Jesus. So this is why we are the same.
1: Yeah, well, I don't buy you that. I mean, I don't think that's even... Okay,
0: relevant. well, okay, The wait, let's not get sidetracked. Okay, what were we saying, though? <laughs> About free <laughs> will and God and the contingencies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Because <laughs> easy to do.
1: Okay, but that—that's just a perception trap, and that's what I get thought about is perception. Um.
0: Okay. I mean, no. Okay.
1: First of all, if man is man born free, absolutely. All right. Then why is he in chains everywhere that we have a social contract?
0: Because the there fault? are controllers. Those controllers yeah. that that yeah, they give you a name and a number. <laughs> and yeah, that, that follows you. Mm-hmm. So
1: does so is society corrupt? It's society that does that to us. Is society taking us away from God?
0: Um, it's the controllers. I don't believe it's society. I think society, you know, at large, is good-hearted and God-fearing and and want just peace and love in their life. And, and then there is the evil faction who you know. Who control the world, if you don't have the money and the power, you know you're out of luck, and this is why we need somebody who's good hearted and you know understands the difference to be in power.
1: God again, certainly not a politician, no me. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, Take one away from John. Okay. Take one away from John. (laughs) We're counting marbles here. That's a nice comeback. That's a nice (laughs) comeback. Yeah. That's like called Manufacturing Consent. Um, Chomsky wrote a book called Manufacturing Consent. And that's called A Conversation with Meryl Lee. (laughs) (laughs) Marilyn manufactures consent oh, by talking gosh. to you until she's got the thing just right. Then she hits the trigger, and boom, <laughs> you fall over.
0: <laughs> oh gosh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. I just and see, it's conversations like this that are just so much fun for me. <laughs> it's so it's just so rare, John. I just love you.
1: <laughs> well, I love you too. <laughs> oh, good. yes good. but
0: okay but back to your point about about free will you you were saying there's god and then there's me with free will that's what you said and yes. then there's right and the contingency and you made the contingency god or or, or free will
1: yes yes
0: okay that's well,
1: right. This is, right they're, they're this, both in my bag i mean i'm if I'm a human being, I'm living together with those two contingencies. I'm living with God and my free will. In my brain, I'm living with those two things.
0: Okay, so we have to break down what is free will. If, if free will is in your bag, what is it?
1: Well, it's I can either accept or I can I can curtail my activity. You know, I can I can exercise freedom and curtail my willingness to. Uh, To honor a social contract, I can become a renegade, I can turn my whole life into road warriors, or Mad Max. Or I can live on on Elm Street. And I can, you know, drive a General Motors car and have kids that go to public school and I can have green grass and I can, you know, work 30 years and live in retirement and whatever.
0: Um, Where did God come in?
1: Well, I think God is all. God is in that seri- scenario on like nine o'clock Sunday morning, up the street in the brick building.
0: <laughs> no, we have to stick to the point. <laughs> you said God, God, or free will. All
1: right, right. God. The, okay. Yeah. Well, God is in. I guess God is in there. If the if 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 I'm exercising free will to live a common man's wonderful life, then I'm exercising my relationship with God and my free will to do that. I have a free will to be godlike. All right? But I also have a free will to not be godlike. So what if so what if my neighbor says, you know, I just noticed that that the uh, that the sanctuary, the church has got a crack in the wall and all the money is falling out of the crack. You know, for the mm-hmm. collection. Mm-hmm. and I want you to come over and pick it up with me or whatever, you know, or Something, I mean, whatever it is, uh, something that's naughty, something naughty.
0: Okay, so this is where we get stuck because we think, you know, there's God and to be godly, you know, and do the right thing. But you're testing me because I don't may not do the right thing all the time because, well, then there's free will and I get to choose how I'm going to behave every day, whether or not I'm going to be a renegade or if I want to, you know, be a nice guy that day.
1: Basically, all right, so hmm. all right, but so that's so what you're doing is you're you're talking about you're like you're making a critique of pure reason. Uh the the reason, the reasonable your ability to reason in your mind allows you to make the decision of contingency because you're able to reason as opposed to your dog or your cat who's not. They instinctively make decisions based on their reaction, but you have the critique of pure reason. Okay, that's how you can get things done. you reason your way through it. Mm-hmm. The, the critique of pure reason was a book published in 1781, just in case anybody wants to write that down. Mm. All right? Okay. I'm sorry to pull that out of the air, but there it is. There it is. It um, reminds me of you, the critique of Poor, pure reason. Um, because what? you are a critique of pure reason, because because you're – your reasoning becomes so pure that it's not there. You don't need <laughs> it. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've just, you've said before, I think I'm invisible. Well, yeah, you're right. Mm. I mean, the higher you go, the more invisible you get.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, one of these days we're going to have a podcast. You're just going to appear. You're going to be oh, I here humming and there you'll be. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. It's all a hologram. But, okay, so this is really important though i feel it's an important point and the free will that you're speaking about free will is to be good or not good however your mood is you have free will to do that all right free will is literally god or not god it's either to love or not to love in everything we do so with every decision, every communication, every email, every hello neighbor, are you going to choose to love or not to love? That's it.
1: All right. So if I feel sorry for someone who is who has cut themselves, is that self-serving on my part? Well, um. Have you, you got a call?
0: No, no, no. Oh. Um, it just interrupts. Okay, so somebody cut themselves and you feel bad for them.
1: Yeah, is that self-serving on my part? Am I serving myself by feeling bad for somebody who cut themselves?
0: No. How would that be self-serving?
1: Well, just making yourself feel better about how you feel about somebody else. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. I, uh, selfish would to be to have no compassion for what just happened, and just tell him to suck it up and you walk away.
1: Okay, so so doing the right thing though, but if you do the right thing, you feel good. Yes. All right. Well, doing the right thing is feeling sorry for somebody, isn't is it? it? Well, I think it is. I mean, if you don't feel if you if you don't feel sorry for them, then you have to justify how you feel. If you feel far far um, if you feel sorry for them, that doesn't require justification. You just do. If you don't feel sorry for them, if you feel bad for them, then you have to justify through some form of reason why you don't feel sorry for them, which takes up more energy. You can drift along by just being happy. Isn't that what you do? Aren't you just happy all the time?
0: Um, yes, I am happy a good majority of the time. Yes. And the, the reason why I'm so happy the great majority of the time, because I know the answer. It doesn't matter what it is. It just doesn't matter what the day brings. I know the answer. And that kind of confidence, that kind of power just is, they can't be beat. It just can't be beat. And um, as far as your point about, you know, feeling sorry, it's like, you don't need to pity anybody. Nobody wants somebody else's pity. If you have compassion for me, that's different. You know, it's like, oh, God, you know, what can I do to help you? Let me contribute to the remedy. That's different. You're you're loving on them. But if you pity the fool, what's that? That doesn't even, it's not a good
1: word. Um, okay. So, if, uh, uh, okay. Um,
0: is it exhausting, John?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, okay. If you if you if you ignore your if you ignore your contemporaries in life because they're wasting your time and you feel and that's and when and you feel good about that or do you feel or is that or is that a form of existentialism where you are are you drifting existentially away from common people to be more to more connected
0: it's a complex question with a complex answer and the reason why is because if I do feel that way and somebody is wasting my time. It doesn't feel good because I'm self-sacrificing in my tolerance of them. Okay. And, um, being respectful because I respect myself at the end of it. There's a little bit of anger that you have to dismiss because you know that that, that conversation, that person, whatever, did not serve you in any way, in any way. And the, the ignorance of the other part, standing out of their mouth is frustrating, you know, so you have to tolerate a lot of that just to maintain self-respect. You know, but the other person is completely ignorant to what they've done and they don't realize, you know, you're out,
1: you're out. But in that relationship, does that happen to you more or less as time goes by?
0: Um, I've reached a point where um, it's happened. It happens less uh, in the beginning. Maybe it was just because I was younger. I don't know. Or maybe I was just more accessible. You know, but I would get a lot of private messages on Facebook and, you know, it just and men treating me like, you know, I was to be had, you know, they were just going to reach out and grab me without any respect to to my person, to who I am and, you know, my value, which is just so demeaning. And um, it's just cringy. You just sit there and go, God, you're such an idiot.
1: They probably don't don't know how you can dive into the water. No, coming out of the sky with your talons extended. Wait, what? I'm I'm referring to the picture of the falcon coming out of the sky on a hunt for a catfish.
0: Yeah. So what, am I the catfish?
1: No, no, you're the falcon. Ah. Mm. You fly high in the canopy. Oh, yes. You're flying high in the canopy. If you get a catfish that you don't like... You fold your wings back, open up your talons, drop like a rocket,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and have him for lunch. That's right.
0: Yeah, I didn't get the analogy because I was—I I mean, I was talking about how I was disrespected. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was. Yeah, okay, I'm good now. Yeah,
1: no, I mean, you're a killer bee. You are. You know, I mean, you're a falcon. You're a hunting falcon. You really are. Not that you're a hunter. You're not a hunter. But if you become hunted, you become really dangerous.
0: Oh. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Is it am I making Did I just go off track so far or to wear no. the weeds completely? No. Mm-mm. Okay.
0: Not at all. It's you know, it's it's really funny too how I'm misunderstood because I am quote unquote happy and light and airy and easy to get along with and all that other stuff. You know, it's like I'm very unassuming. So people discount it. I can't be intelligent. I'm too pretty for that.
1: Okay, let's say that I'm let's say that I'm Arthur Schopenhauer and I believe that society is getting worse and time is getting quicker and we're going to the end. Okay. And you're light and happy. Uh-huh. And I resent you for that. Uh-huh. Uh, am I wrong and you're right?
0: Uh yeah. Why are you resenting me?
1: Because you don't see what I see and how things are getting worse.
0: I'm open to see what you see.
1: But you don't believe it.
0: No, I'm open to it so that we can heal it. Because any kind of resentment and hate is coming from pain.
1: Open is like you're just chumming for conversation. You don't really believe it.
0: No, I already know the truth.
1: Yeah, right. That gets you right in the conversation. Yeah, I'm not going to talk to her because this is a dead-end streak.
0: <laughs> no, it's not that. It's like It's like, you know, the podcast where the atheist came on and was really trying to challenge me and, you know, take down my beliefs and everything. And I just gently led him in the same direction to where there was nowhere he could go but say, yes, you're right. We are looking at the same star.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's that's always the way. But I but I think you've got to give some quarter. Some quarter has to be given to materialism, even though it's not the answer. It's still there. These guys deal in stuff. These guys yep. deal in lab proof. You know, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, the atheist. An atheist isn't a bad guy. He just believes in scientific materialism. Absolutely. How about this?
0: How about you show me a happy atheist and then we'll have a discussion?
1: Oh, God. (laughs) 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 Oh, oh, shit.
0: (laughs) We'll compare stories. (laughs) What makes you happy? You know, Uh, I mean, the proof is in the pudding.
1: I'm so over my depth. It's ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: gosh it's, but you know it, it just is what it is it's like come, come forward come talk to me and let's compare notes why are you happy what are they yeah. going to say
1: well god yeah I mean the thing is I I read all the stories like the Sunday edition of the local newspaper about the happy family that lives in Bellevue or wherever it is yeah. you know Mr. Happy and Mrs. Happy and little Tommy, Jimmy and Mary Happy mm-hmm. um, that dance all the way to school and have three dogs and two cats. And, you know, and Mr. Happy has an airplane and a hotel and a whatever it is. And they're just happy, happy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think that that's probably not true.
0: But that see right there. That's the devil at work. That's the devil stealing the power from God. Taking the image of true happiness, what we could actually be, and then making a mockery of it, something that we have to constantly be chasing and never catch. And he just laughs all the way to the bank. But true happiness does exist. You know, and I've heard people make arguments about the difference between being happy and joyful. You know, I'd rather have joy in my life than be happy because happy is fleeting. And I know I'm being condescending, but it's ridiculous. If anybody's ever experienced true happiness or just being happy for a moment, you know, you just got a new car. Somebody just gave you the keys, whatever. And you're elated. You're like, oh my gosh, and you know, you're happy. But then it goes away. And that's where their argument is. But imagine if you were like that every day. It had nothing to do with a car. Every day, you hold the power in your hand. Every day, every moment, every day. Every day you wake up knowing, I don't know what today brings, but I hold the power.
1: So as you become more powerful for a variety of things, be whatever it is, do you lose your humanity along the way, do you think? But you specifically, but a person. Does a person lose their humanity when they become more powerful?
0: Define humanity.
1: Well, uh, good toward nature, good toward their fellow man. Are they, if you're very wealthy, if you're – let's say that happiness okay. is wealth for the sake of this conversation. Um, you know, there seems to be this breakpoint among billionaires where they start to give money away at some point for their special causes. When they don't do it, the society gets angry with them if they don't start giving it away because they have too much.
0: Yeah, but we're, uh, we're crossing the line here. Okay, and this this is why the connection gets lost. Because I was talking about true power, power that you hold in your hand every single day. And then the question came up, do you lose humanity? But see what happened was when I'm talking about power, we're relating it to this 3d existence where people in power who have money because that's power influence, right? They're corrupt and they take advantage and they lose their humanity because all we are is chattel. All we are is sheep that to be um, controlled. We're the eaters that we don't, we're useless. Because so, they, so is the answer yes? No, then? the answer is not no, not yes. It depends. You know, we go back to free will. If you are choosing left, 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 meaning that you are a product of this world and you're chasing a dollar and you're not choosing love, you're going to have the dollar. You could have millions, billions. You could have the credibility and the title and all of that, but you lose. You lose. Because God always wins. Meaning that at the end of your life, you're going to be questioning what the hell was it for? You're evil. You were evil to the day you died. And what are you doing?
1: For what? Well, but you weren't necessarily evil. You could be a big time philanthropist. With your money. Okay.
0: That's that's a good point too.
1: Yeah. You could become, you know
0: money magnifies character.
1: Oh so- boy. Okay. <laughs> All right, hold that thought. Money magnifies character. Mm-hmm. We're at we are over an hour. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hold that thought. Money magnifies character. I mean, that is so contemporary right now. Mhm. I think we should hold that for another hour.
0: Okay.
1: I mean another time. Are you do, do, did I just I just short sheet your bed here by saying that? Did you want to keep no. talking? No.
0: no. I mean, yeah, I can keep talking forever. But no. just as long as we remember. Because, you know, we get on other path. We, we're just talking. You know, and then we lose it.
1: Let me write it down then. What did I say? Oh, yeah. Money, <laughs> money, money magnifies magn- character. Yeah, money magnifies character. All right. Mm-hmm. Basically, it just proves who you are.
0: It doesn't matter if you've got, you know, a dollar in your hand or a million in the bank. You know, how you feel about that dollar. If you're selfish, greedy, you know, wanting to turn it over to be making more, making, you're always on the hunt.
1: Well, I've changed. I can see why I've changed from having (laughs) money to not having money. Uh I'm a better person today than I was when I had lots of money.
0: So then, there you go. You were humbled? yeah
1: i was humbled yeah well was i humbled i don't think i was humbled i just got fed up with the whole thing i had fed up with the money well yes ridiculous i got fed up with the money i mean how stupid is that
0: no Um, well the humility part of it isn't it doesn't speak to how big the ego was but humility or or humbling you means that we, we go back to understanding what's really valuable in life.
1: <clears throat> yeah, all right.
0: You know, and and you just got fed up with all of that because it didn't hold the value.
1: No, it didn't. It, didn't, it had no value. Right. It no value. You were
0: being yeah. sacrificed for it.
1: That's right. I agree with that. Yeah. I agree so, with that.
0: In the end, you chose love.
1: Yeah. Plus, the food at the food bank is really pretty good anyway.
0: <laughs> uh, okay More uh do you 64. want to talk tomorrow yeah definitely you love me i always love you
1: <laughs> <laughs> thank you god okay <laughs> all right talk to you later Bye.
0: bye